HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska Seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. We're coming to you live from Roberta's Restaurant in Bushwick, Brooklyn. It is Wednesday, May 9th, 2018. This is the 175th episode of the series. It's a nice round number. And this show is dedicated to behind-the-scenes talents in the hospitality industry. So today my guests are from an impressive New York-based family restaurant group, and I will introduce them fully in a moment. First, as I do in every show, I will start out with my PR tip. And then later, we will have my speed round game, industry news discussion, solo dining experience, and the final question. As the founder of Bayer Public Relations, I'm going to tip the show off with my PR tip of the week. So today's tip is to keep legacy alive. Maintain what's important and valuable to you and others by passing it along. Whether it's family history or tradition, business, personal, or both, strive to maintain what's important from generation to generation. If you believe in something and don't want it to disappear, do your part to preserve it. Legacy is worth saving. That's my tip today. I like that. (laughs) I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Well, and that brings me to my guest today. So um, in the studio, I have three family members. I have Nick Lovanos and his two sons, Johnny and Enrico, of Lovanos Restaurant Group, which owns and operates NYC staples, including... Molivos, Oceana, Oceana Poke, Usia, and, which are all in New York City, and Modern Barn and City Limits Diner in Westchester County. Operating for more than 60 years, the restaurant group has a unique background and legacy dating back to 1957, and we will hear all about that now. So welcome to the studio. Hi, Sherry. Thanks Hi. for having us. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh, you're welcome. This is fun. <laughs> I don't have three guests on like in the studio that much. It's it's usually just me and one person, or sometimes two. So it's, and it's nice exciting. to have all three of us together in one room for the for for once. Because we're yeah. always all over the place. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's that's interesting because I do. I do wonder as a family group and how you divide your your tasks. And I'd love to get into that. Let's first start out a little with the history and the legacy and the background and and how you guys are all you know working together with Levanos Restaurant Group. But maybe Nick, you want to start? Well, it all started with my dad, John Levanos, who's still very active. Okay. He's he's in the business since 1958-59, and still around in the restaurants five six days a week. Always um, visiting us, always, you know, wanting to know what's going on and giving his two cents, correcting things when he sees things are wrong. Walks into the refrigerators, into the walk-in still, and sees today's deliveries and takes a very close look at the fish and makes his co- the comments to the chef. Um, oh, I see you got striped bass today, but didn't you know that black sea bass is, you know, very much in the market? And they're like, oh, okay, Mr. Levanos, we'll, we'll double check that or. So he's he's very much involved in, in and really hasn't taken a step back. So yeah. beginning with him, I've been working in the business since I'm 14 years old. <clears throat> My dad used to have a diner in Brooklyn back in the 70s called The Arch. Okay. And that's how I started. And back then it was a crazy busy place. And I wasn't sure I wanted to be in the business because it was a little too busy and a little crazy. Sometimes I would work a late shift and I'd be working till the wee hours in the morning and places packed and I would see um, scuffles sometimes take place from everyone that's been drinking too much and I said, wow, this is a tough business. And something changed when um, I was finishing college and I decided to go for my master's degree but on a fluke I went to the Culinary Institute of America to visit. That was 1980. And it changed my life. It had a real impact on me. And I knew, wow, this, this is what's been missing in my life. This is where I want to go. And that's where I went. And it took our family a different direction. My father at that point also was influenced by it. And we went fine dining. So that change happened in the early to mid-80s. Okay. And it's yeah. also your, your, your brother and your sister. Is, I mean, the whole family's involved. Yes. My, my brother's been working with me from a very young age. My sister wasn't planning to go into the business, but we were opening up Oceana. That was 1992. Uh-huh. And we were short staff. We were short people in the front. And she was interviewing for jobs, and she didn't have a job yet. So I'm like, Karina, just help us out for a little bit. And she's like, no, 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 I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. No, no, just give us a few weeks. She never left. <laughs> <laughs> they got her. Yeah, and what, what about you two? I mean, did was there any pressure to join, no. be a part of the, the family business? If anything, there was no pressure at all. If anything, my mom was actually like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> right. If you go into this business, you got to find someone like me who could put up with your hours. Um, but no, yeah, there was no real pressure to do it. But there was never, like, when I look back on my childhood, there was never like a moment where I thought to myself, like, I want to be in the restaurant business. It was just kind of always what I thought I'd end up doing. It was just, that's just what I wanted to do. I wanted to be like a fireman, <laughs> a police officer, and then uh, own a restaurant. Um, so after I finished high school, I went to a Cornell's Hotel Restaurant Management School. Mm-hmm. Um, learned the business there a little bit. 
also went to the Culinary Institute of America, but I went to one in Napa Valley, the Greystone campus oh, there. That campus is yeah. gorgeous. Nothing Paradise. wrong with the one in New York, but there's something really special about that. Just like that place. being surrounded by so much hospitality, food, wine, everything is there. And going outside and smelling, you know, the winemakers burning like the leftover like wine, uh, grape stems, and just the smells and the aroma. It's, it was so gorgeous out there. I didn't want to leave. But I actually got a job offer in D.C. working for Jose Andres. Um, so that was my first step into like restaurant management was leaving California and moving back to the East Coast. And I was with uh, Jose Andres for two years. That's amazing. Yeah, that was fun. Um, and that was still, I, was, I knew I wanted to work in the restaurant industry, mm-hmm. but I wasn't ready to go work with with the family quite yet. You know, I wanted to. Right. Well, it's good to get experience outside. Exactly. And, and what about you, Enrico? Well, for me, at kindergarten, you know, when you put what do you want to be when you're older, I was putting restaurateur, not really knowing exactly what that meant and mm-hmm. what that entailed. But I think what attracted me the most is the element of working with the family. You know, if we were lawyers, if we were in construction business, I think I would put whatever that was. But, <laughs> um, yeah, working with the family was definitely something that was extremely exciting and having that support team and having that group to, you know, work with every single day. That for me was definitely what drew me in to have, you know, my brother, my father, my grandfather, aunt and uncle. That was always um, just a beautiful thing. And I always kind of picture myself being a part of that team. I also remember with Enrico, eight, nine, ten years old, at City Limits Diner, we have a retail area. And he one day just naturally went back there. No, no, no one told him to. And he started asking the, the customers who are coming or going, hi, did you try our new banana cream pie? <laughs> uh, did you see our, our new macaroons? And he started selling. He's like, is that our son? <laughs> Natural. I guess so. So, right, so what are your different roles now today? Because you have six restaurants. You have four of them in New York City and two up in, in Westchester. And I have been to all the ones. Well, no, I haven't been to the new Oceana Poke. Okay. Am I saying that? Yes. Yeah, um, I got it. But I've, yeah, I've been to, I, so I've been to the three. I haven't been up to the ones in Westchester, but so how do you, like, what are your roles today and how do you, how do you manage all six properties? I oversee the, the restaurant group. I spend a little more time in Manhattan. My brother, Bill, stays strictly in Westchester and Karina is between Oceana and the Modern Barn. I'm very much involved in the finances of the restaurant. If I had a title, it would maybe be CFO. I'm very involved with the chefs. I, 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 I stay very close to them. I, I understand them, their needs, and have a very good rapport with all our chefs. Uh, Johnny and Enrico are both at Usia. It's a brand new restaurant. It's a little over a year old. They, they opened it together. It's a three-manager team, uh, Johnny, Enrico, and one other manager, Sam. We, it's a great new restaurant, a brand new neighborhood on the far west Sometimes they call it Hell's Kitchen. It doesn't really feel like Hell's Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Hell's Kitchen to me is south of 57th Street. We are on 57th Street. But brand new area, right by the Hudson River. I'm your mm-hmm. neighbor. So that's why I'm, I'm familiar. So I, I'm on West 60th Street. And, okay. and I, don't, I always tell people I live by Columbus Circle. Because I do think it's, it's, where I, it's technically the 
the Upper West Side or the Lower Upper West Side, but maybe we need a new name for this this area because there's also a lot of development happening. There's so much on the we- on the West Side Highway, and I can see the what's it the Via Fifty Seven. That's where we're in. I. I have a view of your building. It's gorgeous. Um, so, and the the restaurant is gorgeous. So, thank you. Um, yeah, what's it like? I mean, that's it, it is. It's a brand new new place. And and how's it? I mean, how is it in the neighborhood? So, it's unique opening up a restaurant in a neighborhood that is also developing. Um, but it's fun too because for so many years, the people who lived in the area and the apartment buildings near us. In the, a few of the offices in the area, they haven't really had too many places to go. So it's been exciting to be like a breath of fresh air for the people who live in the area that are so excited to have a beautiful, delicious restaurant a block away or on the same block. Um, so that's been cool to make to meet these new uh, as we as our new restaurant, we're meeting new faces, new people. Um, and as the area is developing, like there's like three new apartment buildings opening up. A block away, one across the street, new new faces coming in and, and keeping them as our regulars and having them come back. It's been a lot of fun. It's like we're, we're growing our, our family a little bit. Yeah, I really think the neighborhood, and I, I bet it will get a new name. It needs something because that... that Some like people say the side. far west side. <laughs> I don't know if I like that, but it kind of has a ring to it. Yeah, yeah well, um, and then how did you come up with the concept and, and the, the menu and everything you're doing there? So the concept was started just for our love for Greek and Mediterranean cuisine. And we're a Greek family. Molivos is one of the, you know, one of the one of the greatest Greek restaurants in New York City. I'll say that. Yeah, certainly, uh, <laughs> certainly. And uh, you know, we that's we like to do what's close to our hearts. At the same time, since we're in a more residential area, we wanted to create a menu that was open and inviting and not super specific with the Greek food. So we, a lot of our menu dishes are meant to be shared because we're, as we're a family restaurant, we have a lot of families coming in. We want to kind of encourage that sharing dining style, but at the same time, not forcing someone to go down that small plates, uh, sharing style. So we have a lot of larger dishes too, that are more for like traditional entrees. Um, and having a Greek flavor with a more comfort food style is really awesome for having people come back again and again and, and always trying something new. Yeah. And how do you divide your roles between each other? So I'm the general manager. Uh, I kind of oversee a lot of the, a lot of the ver- various parts of the restaurant, but my main focus is on the beverage program, um, the cocktails, help with the wine as well. Uh, and Enrico, we'll talk about well, service and stuff. Yeah, so I... I Unofficially, I like to say that I'm work as like a guest relations kind of guy. Um, especially as Johnny mentioned that we're a new area, a lot of the regulars and the people who live in the area, um, I like to really just kind of establish the connection with them, introduce them to us as the family, um, and kind of really label ourselves as a family restaurant. Not not just because we want families to come dine there, but we are um, the families here every single day, putting our hard work into it every single day and. Um, we're very interactive with the guests. What do you like? What do you not like? What are you looking for? Um, you know, really, really making that personal connection with the customers is something that um, I pride myself on and definitely want to uh, make the priority of my day to day. And uh, just overall managing with the with the team, you know, working with our staff to try to make sure that 
we're coming across the best that we can with our food and, and making the connection with the guests. Yeah, well, I, I have been in. I had a, a wonderful experience. I definitely will be back. I mean, I love having you in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's, 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 it's terrific. So you'll be seeing more of me there. I look forward to it. And on that note, let's take a little break, and we're going to come back and talk more with the Lavanos. So stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. what it takes to swim a coastline longer than the entire eastern seaboard and leap tall waterfalls in a single bound? What does it take to survive 200 feet deep in icy saltwater? What would you be made of? Wild Alaska seafood is made of tight muscle mass, long chain omega-3s, and incredible micronutrients. It matters where your food comes from. Experience the flavor of the fittest in every bite and enjoy food the way nature intended. Alaska seafood, wild, natural, and sustainable. Ask for Alaska on the menu, grocery store, or smart device. For more information, visit wildalaskaseafood.com. Welcome back to Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Nick Lavanos and his two sons, Johnny and Enrico, of Lavanos Restaurant Group. We're talking about their their restaurant, one of their main restaurants in uh, New York City now. But let's talk a little. Um, what's the difference between running restaurants in Westchester and and Manhattan? At first, they might have been a little more challenging, but we. It's not that different. They're. they're in Manhattan, because we're all midtown and the, the, we're, the accessibility of the employees through the subway system, it's very easy to get employees. Um, we hear there's a, there's a shortage of staff in the industry. We've never really had a problem um, finding staff. So from that standpoint, I think we have better accessibility to, to a, a bigger um, employee pool. In Westchester, Salem and Steiner is in White Plains, and that's also an, an urban center. So very easy to access staff there. Modern Barn, slightly different. It's a little more up into the country, 10 miles north of White Plains. So we find our employees carpool. <laughs> so okay. a, lot, a lot of carpooling there, a lot coming from White Plains. I don't find it that much more difficult, but, but and there's actually quite a connection. Because of our restaurants being in Midtown, so much of our clientele lives in Westchester. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of um, cross clientele. They're, they may be on weekends at the Modern Barn. They're having lunch during the week at Oceana, or or having brunch at City Limits Diner on the weekend. And we see them at Molivos during the week. So we've always found that to be a, a comp- we've always been complementary of each other. And Usia, in a different way, because it's so close to the West Side Highway, and 35, 40 minutes north to to Westchester. That, that customer is also um, part of our clientele base. So th- that part's worked out very well, but not 
not that difficult. Sometimes a almost every um, chef or cook wants to experience working in Manhattan, but after a little bit of, little bit of time, they're ready to go back to to the suburbs also. So we we we've, we've always found that to be good for us and having that that core between Midtown and and Middle Westchester. Right, that makes sense to me. A couple years ago, I worked. I hadn't been up to White Plains until I got a client in purchase, uh, this Tradici North that opened, and they were from the city, Tradici, and the owner lived up there, so I became more familiar with Westchester, but yeah, everything you're saying, um, I agree with, makes sense, like there's a lot of people that do that commute every day, and um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know the market as well as I know Manhattan, but certainly... Um, uh, there's, there's, you know, I think people, people who work in the city and go back home, like they want those great restaurants to go to there and also have places to go here. Yes. So like right. makes sense. And so with Oceana, I know you had a, um, you brought in Bill, Bill Telepan. Right. When was that? Like a, like That's exactly, a year or two ago? Exactly a year and a half ago. Okay. We had a great 10 years with, with, uh, Ben Pollinger right. b- before Bill. Uh, Ben's long-term plans was to open up his um, his own restaurant, and he's very close to doing that in in New Jersey. That's exciting. And and Bill, kind of the opposite happened. He had his own restaurant for ten years, mm-hmm. and um, moved on from there and joined us. Bill is um, very different from any of our other chefs that we've ever had. Very mature, very very talented. Um, does great things with all this different charity work, very involved with WITS, wellness in the schools. Yes, I was at that event like a week or so ago. Yeah, great event, He's, very successful mm-hmm. event. I think they raised that evening, if I remember correctly, about $300,000. Wow, it's wow. incredible. Yeah. So we, we, we like how the restaurant always, has always evolved over the years. A big evolvement just from where we used to be. When we, we were on 54th Street in Madison for 18 years, and eight years ago we moved to 49th and 6th. And we're different from the old restaurant. The old restaurant was very sm- uh, small and intimate, a little more formal. We're slightly more casual here. We have the separate raw bar. Uh, we have a big outdoor patio. So it, it's been great. It's, it's beautiful space. When did you launch Oceana Poke? Exactly a year ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Happy anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> this, this week or last week is our one-year anniversary. And was that just uh, what inspired you to do that? Uh, we were always familiar with, with poke because uh, Chef Ben had it on the menu back uh, seven, eight years ago when other, when other chefs had tuna tartare mm-hmm. or salmon tartare on their menu. Ben had um, a, trio. a trio of different pokies, yes. So we were familiar with it. And there was, when we started to hear about um, poke going to L.A., and then in L.A. it kind of morphed into the more bowl experience. We were out in L.A. visiting, and it's like, oh, wow, this is great. Wouldn't it be fun to do a little satellite uh, restaurant, not a full-service restaurant, mm-hmm. only eight seats, and to attempt our first fast casual concept? And that's how we came up with it. And how's it going? Great. Well, well yeah, you're, you're in. <laughs> yeah. No, wonderful. Yeah. And again, a, a nice midtown location, 53rd off of Broadway. Uh, similar customers that, that are eating at Mollybos. We see them come in and take their poke bowl to go. And we're, we're enjoying it. A whole different experience. Uh, less stressful than a full-service uh, sit-down restaurant. 
you, 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 a much smaller operation and, and fairly easy to, to manage. And what we're doing and building, which is not typical of our other restaurants, is building delivery and takeout. At any given day, we're doing 100-plus uh, deliveries. And we've never, we've never experienced that before. And it's actually quite easy because they're not going far. They're going within a six, right. seven, eight-block radius. So do you, do you have plans or goals to, to launch more of those or, and no. or open more restaurants? Not at the moment. Okay. We, we've, never, we've never been in any particular growth mode. Almost everything we've ever, ever done has been spontaneous, an unexpected opportunity, a landlord calling us up, uh, things like that. But we've never been actively looking. And I could say that for, for all the restaurants. Uh, the only time we were actively looking was with the old Oceana. Our lease was coming to an end, and we knew we had to make a decision, either renew the lease or, or move. So that was the last time we were actively looking. Right. So as a family business, what, what's, what are the challenges, or are there any challenges to, to having personal relationships and working together? There are definitely challenges, but first of all, like, the benefits are... are Outweigh. Outweigh the challenges, <laughs> for okay. sure. I mean, it being the fact that like, I, I used to live in different parts of the country, we haven't really been able to spend as much time as a family together than we do now that we're all working in the restaurant business together. Um, plus, we also know each other's personalities really well. We know our, mm-hmm. our, our quirks or the things that get us pissed off or <laughs> things right. like that. Um, and we're able to work with it to an advantage and you know we never take anything personal with each other like it's you know we're a family we're a unit and at the end of the day like this is also business so when our stress gets high in certain situations we figure out how to deal with it and we move on and we're really good at doing that with each other and i work really well with my brother and sister it's been um, a very healthy very harmonious relationship my wife of 31 years uh, also grew up in the restaurant business. So she's um, always been very understanding and, and works mm-hmm. on and off and helps us also. She's from Sicily, came here at a young age, and we've always grown up in a, a very food-centric environment. So that part makes it all easy. We, we understand food, we love food. But like Johnny said, some of the family gatherings, the weekly dinners, don't happen as often, but if we can make it happen home, we make it happen in the restaurants. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I mean, Johnny with Usia has definitely taken on a mentor role with uh, a lot of the outside experience that he has with Jose Andres and Danny Meyer. And out of culinary school, I went right into Molibos, getting kind of prepped up, knowing that Usia was in the horizon. So for me, as kind of a new restaurant manager, Johnny, with the experience that he had, I was able to kind of go to him for basically everything for all the questions that I had. So that support system, along with my dad, uh, for me, really segued my transition into the industry, made it very, very easy and really, really comfortable. And, you know, it's a hard industry. So having these uh, these kind of mentors for me in a loving fashion really kind of helped everything for me take off and feel comfortable out of see it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, you're, you're, this is like, this is like a great, a great, um, I don't know, advertisement for like families running restaurants because it's just, you've been very successful. I love all your restaurants and you've, you, you, you work well together. So it works, you yeah. know? Um, 
yeah. So before we take a break, let me ask uh, my question from my, my last episode. On episode 174, I had on Bo Beck, and he is an award-winning Danish chef and owner from Geist, which is in Copenhagen, Denmark. And he was in town. I happened to get him here in the studio, which was awesome. And he wanted to know, or wants to know, where should he go to have the best pizza in New York? Well, I used to work at Marta, okay. which is a Danny Meyer's mm-hmm. pizza restaurant in Flatiron area. So I'm a little bit partial to that, but I think their fungi pizza is one of the best pizzas in the city. Their mushroom pizza is amazing. So I would go to Marta. That's a, that's a good call. For sentimental reasons, to this day, I still like Spumani, Spumami Gardens. Spumoni Gardens. <laughs> Spumoni Gardens. It's a classic. It's, um, I won't say it's the best pizza in the world, but there's something about that damn pizza. Once you start eating, you can't stop eating it. And, it's so like uh, tender. You just juicy. keep. You just. You always Meat. go for that one more piece, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and then to end up with a little bit of um, their their gelato ice concoction. It's it's great. I like yeah. that one too. Yeah. You have a, do you have a third um, one there, or, or we've got two? I'm impartial. I'm not the biggest okay. pizza guy, but I had a really nice slice here at Roberta's. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he had Roberta's when he came out. So that's good. Those are three recommendations. Perfect. And on that note, let's take another break. We're going to come back and we're going to play my speed round game and talk some industry news. So that stay with us. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. Hey. Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher. Or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. I caught a cab to the cafe to play the charming young man. All right, we are back. This is Only Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Sherry Bayer. My guests today are Nick Lovanos, his two sons, Johnny and Enrico. It's time for my speed round game. What this is, is I name a couple things and you pick your preference. It's like an either or situation, such as chocolate or vanilla. Gotcha. Multiple choice is always easy for me. Oh, yeah. Okay, good, (laughs) good, good. Yeah, I give you choices. So here we go. Eat in or eat out? Eat out. Eat out. Eat out. Yeah, you guys are in sync. (laughs) How about wine, beer, cocktail, or mocktail? Wine, beer, cocktail. (laughs) (laughs) Tasting menu or a la carte? A la carte. A la carte. A la carte. Sounds like it's almost like it's like almost like a, a trio, a la carte, like a yeah, exactly. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, how about um, small plates or large plates? Recently, small plates. Oh. That's a, I can't answer, just one of, uh, uh, large plates. Yeah. Okay. Small plates to get Path a lot of choose. different options. I like both. <laughs> okay, now, now the game's getting harder all of a sudden. It was easy, the first three. Communal table or chef's counter? Chef's counter. Chef's counter. Yeah, chef's counter. One on one. 
I like to watch the action. I like to, I like to eat at bars, so I kind of like to right. see what's happening. Yeah, it's like a kitchen bar. Yeah. Tipping or all-inclusive charge? Tipping. Yeah. Tipping. All your restaurants are tipping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Raw seafood or cooked seafood? Raw. <laughs> Raw seafood, yeah. 100%. Medium rare? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I figured you, you do a lot of the raw stuff, <laughs> and you do, and you do cooked. I do both. Yeah. Okay, how about family meal at a restaurant or family meal at home? Oh, oh home, home. Yeah. home. No. <laughs> <laughs> Two more: cheese plate or dessert? Dessert. Dessert. Cheese plate. Nice. I always want to f- save a little wine and then have some cheese. Our refrigerator at home with him was filled with stinky. Delicious cheeses, so yeah. But I always would hide the Ben and Jerry's ice cream and underneath like the ice in the freezer. <laughs> Fantastic. Last one is Manhattan, Brooklyn, or Westchester. Anywhere in Westchester. Westchester. I love Westchester. Right now, I'm loving Manhattan. Oh. So, yeah, same Manhattan. Very good. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Yeah. That's all I have. That's all I have. I would like to keep going, though. That was good. But um, so industry news. So what is it, Wednesday? So Monday mm-hmm. night was the James Beard Awards, and I was there in Chicago. It was fantastic. This was the 28th year they were doing them. So I picked out uh, the articles, um, the winners from this year, and also on Eater there was an article saying, this year's James Beard Awards got some big things right. This was by Hillary Dixler, and she was, um, the subtitle is, the winners seem to re- reflect a meaningful shift toward a more inclusive awards is a change finally happening? And I was up in the media room. I did some interviews, which will become a show, a part of a show at some point. Um, Hillary was in the media room too, so it's exciting to see people take the, you know, take take it and turn it into into stories. But um, the uh, part of the the change that happened this year was so eleven of the the fifteen winning chefs from this year are women, people of color, or both, and. It was usually from the history, most most of the winners in the past have been dominated by men and uh, and mostly white. So it's it's showed a, a very diverse group of, of chefs and, and change the momentum of, of that covering more more different types of people, which mm-hmm. was which was exciting. So um, did you guys watch the live feed? I wish I could. <laughs> I was uh, I was working in the restaurant but I, I, I read all the articles after. I yeah. was kinda Every time the James Beard Awards comes out, it always reminds me, like, I need to go out and eat more. <laughs> right, and travel. <laughs> and yeah. travel and see all these cool places. But, yeah, yeah. Any, any take on I it? Didn't, I didn't catch it either, but it is about time that there were, mm-hmm. for sure, more female chefs. I mean, our, we had an executive female chef 25 years ago, and we have one now at Lucia. So f- for us, it's... Um, it's been always part of our, our staffing on and off over the years. Not, nothing uh, new for us, but there should have been you know, more recognition over the years. And I'm, I think it's great. Also, my graduating class at CIA was 60% uh, women and 40% oh. men, so I'm not, not that surprised. When did you graduate? How long ago? Uh, 2016. Yeah, 2016. Okay. 2015. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. 2015, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, it was just to talk a little about who won. So for, so for Outstanding Chef, 
Uh, New York City's Gabrielle Hamilton took that award, which which she's, I think, been nominated uh, a few times for that, and she took that. And then the the biggest winner the, of the night, you could say, is Eduardo Jordan, who I've recently become friendly with. I've met him at a couple events, and he's based in Seattle, mm-hmm. and he won Best Chef Northwest for Solare and Best New Restaurant for June ba- Baby, and apparently the best new restaurant category has never been won by an african-american before so and he had he got two like that's that's like like two big awards that night which is which is rare in itself so it's pretty cool congrats to eduardo yeah, yeah, he's super nice. Like, very happy for him. I haven't been to his restaurants now. I I need to get. I really want, I've never been to Seattle yeah. too. So once I get out there, I'm definitely gonna take a visit. So the restaurants are like southern southern style cuisine, right? I think one of them is the. I think June Baby is, but I had read something how about Solari. I don't think is. I think it's like he has uh, some experience from from French cuisine, mm-hmm. and um, I um yeah, I'm not exactly sure what the menu the menu is but I, I don't I think I think they're different so um, but he he was you know it was really exciting to see he won um, here in in New York City for the category that's like one of those I look at and I can't ever predict who's gonna <laughs> win but Missy Robbins took it um, from for Lily, right? from Lilia and uh, I'm a big Missy fan and so that was exciting I think I put that one now at the top of my list of places I have to visit Maybe now that we're in Brooklyn, now we should go over there. Yeah, I think that <laughs> okay. it's. I mean, now I mean it's always been busy since since mm-hmm. she opened, but I think you, you got to go early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so so it was exciting, exciting to be there. And you mentioned Jose Andres working yeah. for him, so he won humanitarian, humanitarian of the, of the year. year. And I was I've I've met um, Jose before, and I was able to get a little interview with him, which was great. And he's just so so humble. He's and, awesome. I mean, when I was working for with him, he was very big with uh, World Central Kitchen. And so being charitable has always been a huge part of his his life and mm-hmm. uh, the company's life. And when I was there, there was crisis in Haiti, and he was very big with helping Haiti. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I went to crisis in Puerto Rico, he's, he was the first person to jump in and take it hands-on, which is really inspiring. What I've always appreciated about Jose, he's been always such a outspoken person on immigration and the the backbone of our industry are immigrants are, my dad's an immigrant and we, we've always have had such respect f- for the immigrant worker I don't think there's a harder working person in our restaurants and and how quickly they they grow and how many people we've had it that started with us 25 or 30 years ago and and they're in senior positions with us now or elsewhere in the industry so that's been the, my favorite thing about Jose. Yeah, he's, I, I don't know, he's just one of those people I'm just in awe of. I can't. He's just Jose, and it was mm-hmm. so, I mean, it, like, who else could you have given that award to, you know? Yeah, so, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it, was a, it was a great celebration. Congratulations to everyone who won and the nominees and everyone just involved. They do a really nice party there yeah. in Chicago. It's going to be there in Chicago for another three years. Awesome. It, so that's, okay. I yeah. I've been to the to the New York City one, but never in Chicago. I'd like to. You should go next year. You should go. Okay. It's pretty great because I've <laughs> been to. I mean, I I was I was attending in New York City too, and New York that was very special as well. Um, the city of Chicago really embraces uh, 
the fact that that James Beard has brought the event there, and the weekend is just full of lots of parties and and things that the the whole chef community is gathering. So it turns into like it's just a big like celebratory weekend. So great. And the weather was good this year. So oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to take one more break and come back. I'm going to do my solo dining experience, and then we'll have the final question. This is All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. to All in the Industry on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Sherry Bayer. It's time for my solo dining experience. So this week, it's at Deer Mountain Inn. Here's the rundown. The location, 790 County Road 25 in Tannersville, New York. The concept, a seasonal menu featuring locally sourced ingredients, foraged produce and herbs from its grounds, and on-site edible garden. The chef, Ryan Tate. So why did I go? Well, Chef Tate, who I knew when he was cooking in New York City, reached out to me and invited me to go up to the Catskills. And so I said yes. So my experience. um, I went up. I rented a zip car. I zipped up there on a Sunday. It's about two hours north of New York City. And so the plan was to dine solo, as this is my solo dining experience. What happened was the restaurant's publicist had organized a group that night, um, and there was a big group dinner happening. And so... I ended up sitting with this lovely group of people, and um, it became very social, and it was fun, and um, it was a great evening. So what did I get? So Chef Tate did a custom-made tasting menu. Uh, he went, he, 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 did not, he did not really um, hold back at all. We were, we were eating, I think, for a good three hours. Um, dishes included quail egg, breakfast radish, shrimp, white asparagus, trout, moral mushrooms, rabbit, venison, buttermilk for dessert. We had a lot of food. We took a break in the middle and had a a cider by the fire. It was really lovely, lovely ambiance up there. And for me, they did a non-alcoholic beverage pairing with things like peach and lavender shrub, which was delicious. And everyone else was having a wine pairing. And actually, they were all jealous of my my (laughs) non-alcoholic drinks. Everyone wanted to try them, Um, but they were great. So my take, it was a really lovely dinner. My The highlights were, for me, I love the, the egg, the trout, the morels. He also makes a house-made bread and butter, which was divine. He could sell it. And um, everything was beautifully presented, and it was really it was really lovely. So the ambiance, it's a warm and cozy lodge setting. They have working fireplaces everywhere. And I spent the night up there, and there was a fireplace in my room, which was, like, really awesome. Perfect for... 
If you're going out of the city, it's perfect for a gourmet meal uh, outside New York. Interesting tidbit. Chef Tate is a Michelin-starred chef who previously worked at Blenheim, which was a farm-to-table restaurant in Manhattan, and I had once solo dined there. Personal fun fact. On the way to the inn, I stopped at Storm King Art Center, which had been at my list of places to go for a long time. It's this lovely outdoor museum, and it was a gorgeous spring day, so it was perfect to be there. So the cost of this meal, I was comped as a guest, but their regular meal is, he does a seven-course tasting for $72, which I think is a great deal. Mm. Would I go back? Yes, I would. And their website's DearMountainInn.com. There you have it. Do you guys go up to the Catskills at all? Well, actually, I went to Storm King um, in the fall this year. It's gorgeous. It must be beautiful with the leaves changing. Yeah, with the leaves changing, and then the sculptures just peeking through the, the, the canopies of the trees. It was special. Even It was raining when I was there, and I still had like a great time. <laughs> well, I think that people go up there, I know they picnic, and I mean, I, I feel like I saw a little segment of it. It's huge. Yeah, my picnic t- plans got curtailed because of the rain, right. but... It's still so pretty up there. And it's nice to escape from the city. When you're mm-hmm. living in Manhattan, you need that nature in your life a little more. And, and I think Storm King is a great place to go. It's yeah, pretty it was like an hour from the far. city. It's yeah. really, yeah, I finally got up there. <laughs> yeah, I love hiking as much as I can up there. Yeah, it was nice. Okay, so it's time for the final question. So next week I'm having on Drew Newport. He's the founder and owner of Myriad Restaurant Group, and that includes Tribeca Grill, Nobu NYC, Nobu 57, Nobu Next Door. He's got Batard. He's got things happening at City Field. Drew has a lot going on, like you guys. So what would you what would you like to ask him? Drew, how are you? <laughs> Drew, what are we going to do if we no longer have the tip credit in the industry? Will you become service included in your pricing? Wow. That's an awesome, heavy question there. <laughs> Sorry, Drew. <laughs> no, that's, that's, I'm sure he's, I, I'm, I'd love to hear what he has to say. Um, because I did on my 100th episode, I had on Danny Meyer, and we, we talked about the, the no tipping. And yeah, Danny's been going full, full force at it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Johnny was at Marta right before they started. Yeah, I didn't get to see the whole transition. But uh, no, it's, uh, you know, it's an interesting change and see how mm-hmm. the industry as a whole changes, you know, because only, there's only a few people really doing it right now. But if the industry moves in that direction, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, a lot of questions to be asked. Right. True. Well, that's the show. Thank you guys so Hi, much. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us. us. Thank yeah, you. no, this was a lot of fun. And I'm big fans of your whole restaurant group and everything you guys do. So keep keep doing it. And I'll Thank be you. coming in and dining. Thank awesome. you. And now that we know you live a few blocks yeah, don't away. Don't be a stranger. <laughs> I know. No, it's really, I'm, I'm so glad you're you're there. I really think the neighborhood needs you. And, yeah, it's it's great. And that's, that is uh, the coolest looking building, I think, that's been built in my, Manhattan recently. Mm-hmm just fun to look at so (laughs) great Sherry thank you thank you thanks for having us you're welcome so my guests today have been Nick Lovanos his two sons Johnny and Enrico they're of Lovanos Restaurant Group and their website's lovanosrestaurantgroup.com and you can follow them on Instagram it's Lovanos Restaurants you can follow me at Sherry Bayer at Bayer PR at All Industry my Facebook page is All in the Industry. My websites are BayerPublicRelations.com and SherryBayer.com. 
All of our shows are archived at heritageradionetwork.org. We are also on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Thanks to my engineer today, Vitor. Thanks to Lindsay of Wagstaff Worldwide for helping make arrangements today. And thanks again to Nick and Rico and Johnny. I'm Sherry Bayer. Thank you for being part of All in the Industry. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.